Articles from the Farm Journal Illustrated Directory of Hillsdale County, Michigan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Directory of Hillsdale County, Michigan by the Farm Journal Illustrated. Troublesome Pests. Hessian Fly frequent warnings to speed the plough in order that the food supply shall not suffer may induce some to begin seeding the winter wheat shortly after small grain is harvested or immediately after the corn is removed and placed in the silo and that is just why the bug editor is inclined to say wait a while it is only by waiting that the crop can be made secure against the ravages of the hessian fly an insect which causes more damage to the wheat crop in the united states than any other insect pest during seasons when the fly is especially abundant hundreds of thousands of acres of wheat are either totally destroyed or so badly injured that the yield is reduced fifty to seventy five per cent money losses run far up into the millions disking stubble ground or burning stubble immediately after harvesting the grain thorough preparation of the seed bed late seeding and the use of good seed are effective measures for controlling the pest in winter wheat growing regions a trap crop of wheat may be sown immediately after harvest and disked under later in the fall before seeding the main crop in spring wheat growing sections late seeding will not apply on the contrary the earlier it is sown in the spring the less it seems to suffer from this pest the general rule for winter wheat seeding is that there should be a difference of one day for each ten miles of difference in latitude and seeding should be approximately one day earlier for each one hundred feet of increase in elevation there is usually however a period of several weeks in all the winter wheat area where sowing may take place with about equal results this period is longer as one proceeds to the southward grasshopper after seventeen years of study the kansas grasshopper has been reduced to a harmless quantity the grasshoppers that do the damage are native that is they develop and perpetuate themselves on one farm. They do not move about. Of course, no one should confuse these native grasshoppers with the hordes of small red ones that used to sweep down from the north in armies. The latter, raised in arid land, are forced to migrate to obtain food. In the counties that provide the materials, poison is spread on the farms, the formula used is the following obtained after years of experimenting number one two and a half pounds paris green or white arsenic fifty pounds bran mix these dry number two six oranges or lemons chopped up fine rind and all four quarts syrup five gallons water mix these three together thoroughly mix numbers one and two then add sufficient water to make a wet mash the lemon and orange in the mixture attract the grasshoppers 
who find it irresistible and deadly a scientific count showed that from two-thirds to three-quarters had been killed alfalfa should be disked and cross-harrowed early in the spring as soon as the frost leaves the ground this throws out the eggs of the grasshoppers to be destroyed by the weather and eaten by the birds this method of culture first advocated by the university of kansas not only lessens the number of grasshoppers but also has been proved to increase the yield of the alfalfa fully one-third scatter the poison disk the fields and say good-bye to the kansas grasshopper cow ailments and how to treat them from the biggle cow book let sick or maimed animals lie still do not torture them by trying to get them up rub their limbs every day and keep a soft bed under them they will get up when they are able if a cow look poor and weak put a blanket on her keep her in a warm place and feed her some cornmeal and middlings and some oats give her warm drink and stir a little cheap flour in it do not let her run clear down look ahead if cows are accidentally left out in a rain and seem cold put them in the stable as soon as possible and rub them well if they shiver put blankets on them until they are dry if there is inflammation or hardness in the udder bathe it thoroughly for at least half an hour and rub gently until thoroughly dry if this does not effect a cure put a warm flaxseed poultice on the udder which can be held in place by means of an eight-tailed bandage this should be changed twice a day until the hardness and soreness are gone of course the cow should be milked out two or three times each day if a cow get a foreign body in the mouth turn her head towards the light and remove it when chaff or other dirt gets into the eye syringe or sponge the eye frequently with clean cold water containing sulphate of zinc one grain to each ounce of water keep stable darkened for choking examine throat and neck if offending object is felt attempt to force upward into the mouth by pressure of hands below the object give one pint linseed oil or melted lard may sometimes reach with hand by holding tongue aside do not push a stiff stick or fork handle down the throat a piece of rubber hose well greased is less likely to ruin the cow if a cow has bloat or hoven there will be a drum-like swelling on left side in front of hip caused by green food wet or frosted clover overfeeding choking give one half teacupful table salt in water as drench exercise if not relieved give aromatic spirits of ammonia two ounces well diluted every hour where there is great danger of suffocation a puncture of the paunch may be made with a knife at a point equally distant from the point of hip and last rib on the left side of cow impaction of paunch is caused by overeating and the symptoms are failing appetite solid or doughy swelling on front of left hip give one to two pounds globber salts 
dissolved in water follow every three hours by drench of mixture of equal parts common salt nux vomica powdered and capsicum dose one tablespoonful in colic the symptoms are uneasiness striking belly with hind legs lying down and getting up cause change of diet rapid feeding give globber salts one pound in water warm water enemas give every hour one ounce each of laudanum and sulphuric ether diluted constipation caused by dry coarser food and lack of exercise is treated with green food linseed meal and exercise give pint of raw linseed oil diarrhea is treated with starch gruel or flour and water and dry food scours in calves is caused by overfeeding bad food or drink damp stables dirty surroundings remove cause and withhold food the best remedy give once daily twenty grains potassium permanganate in tin cup of water also use same for enema cows are subject to founder showing sudden tenderness in two or more feet feet hot and may crack around top of hoof this comes from overfeeding give globber salts one pound twenty drops tincture aconite every two hours keep feet moist by wet pasture or wet cloths garge or swollen udder due to cold injuries overfeeding or heating food bathe frequently with warm water dry and apply warm lard milk often give internally two drachm doses salicylic acid and one drachm soda bicarbonate in one pint of milk four times daily discharge of mucus from nostrils indicates catarrh from exposure dust or pollen of plants allow animal to breathe steam from water containing pine tar in sore throat there is difficulty in swallowing food returns through nostrils steam as in catarrh give tincture belladonna one half ounce every six hours rub throat with equal parts turpentine and sweet oil in bronchitis there is a dry cough first then loose and discharge from nostrils rattling sound in windpipe steam as in sore throat and give tincture aconite twenty drops every two hours and two drachms muriate ammonia in one pint of water three times daily for bronchitis in young stock due to worms in windpipe which sometimes occur in autumn where they are pastured late give one ounce turpentine and six ounces sweet oil well mixed three times a week take from pasture and feed liberally in pneumonia there is loss of appetite animal standing rapid breathing pulse frequent extremities cold cause exposure or neglected bronchitis place in a warm dry well ventilated stable apply to chest equal parts turpentine and alcohol and cover with blanket in beginning give tincture aconite twenty drops every hour if not better in two days discontinue aconite and give one ounce tincture digilitis every eight hours in pleurisy there is fever with rapid pulse 
animal stands grunts on moving or when chest is struck has a short painful cough treat same as for pneumonia also give one drachm iodide of potash twice daily sore teats are caused by scratches from briars bites of insects dirt exposure also from the contagion of cowpox at milking remove cause and use milk tube if necessary apply to sores after milking small quantity of mixture glycerin four ounces and carbolic acid one drachm in cowpox milk affected cow last and apply to sores mixture glycerin four ounces water eight ounces chloride of zinc twenty grains warts on teats or other parts are generally easily removed by sharp scissors dress wound as advised for sore teats mange causes great itching and generally starts at root of tail or top of neck cause a minute parasite wash with soap and water and dry after which apply lard which destroys the parasite for lice and ticks apply daily a tea made by adding one pound quassia chips to three gallons of boiling water ordinary sheep dip is also effective carbolic acid is one of the most effective agents against parasites it should have a dilution of about one hundred times its bulk of water kerosene emulsion is good for lice on cattle killing both adults and eggs to make dissolve one-half pound hard soap in one gallon hot water and while still near the boiling point add two gallons kerosene oil churn or agitate until emulsified use one part of this emulsion to eight or ten parts of water and use as a spray wash or dip in ringworm there are circular spots of baldness covered by gray or yellow crust caused also by a parasite wash with strong soap and water and apply pure creolin twice daily for a week foul claw or hoof distemper causes lameness in one or more feet swelling and heat around top of hoof and bad smelling discharge around edge of hoof and between the claws cause dirty stables standing in stagnant water or mud trim off all loose horn clean by wiping with dry rags wet sores twice daily with mixture chloride of zinc one ounce water one pint overgrowth of hoof from standing in stable should be filed off with a rasp sprains generally below knee or hock causing heat and lameness with tenderness at point of injury should be bathed with warm water or with laudanum three parts lead water one part wounds if bleeding much fill or cover the wound with clean cotton dipped in cold or quite warm water and secure firmly with bandage examine for foreign bodies as splinters nails and dirt do not fill wound with cobwebs to stop bleeding remove the bandage before swelling takes place one application of bandage usually enough keep animal quiet first day then allow exercise keep wound clear and apply carbolic acid water five per cent or creolinin water one to ten do not apply grease to wounds 
if proud flesh forms, apply daily enough powdered burnt alum to cover. For an abscess or cavity containing pus caused by bruises, etc., open freely and syringe with 10% creolin solution. Lockjaw, a constant muscular spasm involving more or less the entire body, is caused by the entrance of tetanus germs through a wound. There is stiffness of whole or part of the body, more frequently the jaws, making eating difficult or impossible. If animal can drink, give one-half ounce doses bromide potash five times daily. Dissolve and place on food or gruel or in water given to drink. Do not drench and keep quiet. Inversion of vagina, most frequent in springers, caused most frequently by stalls too low behind. Treat displaced parts with warm water and replace them. Place cow in stall eight inches higher behind than in front until after calving. Inversion of womb occurs after calving, same cause as above, and treatment the same. Get womb placed well forward. Sterility in bull is sometimes caused by high feeding and lack of exercise. Give nux vomica one drachm, and capsicum one half drachm twice daily. In cow may be temporary, following abortion. If from some other cause, seldom recover. Try same remedy as for bull. Abortion is a frequent and troublesome malady, occurring generally at about seventh or eighth month. Cause may be due to injuries or to contagion. Separate at once when suspected. After calf is born, syringe the womb with one gallon of warm water containing one ounce creolin. Repeat daily as long as any discharge is seen. After birth should be removed about third day after calving. Disinfect stables thoroughly. Do not let cow take bull for at least two months after aborting. Retained afterbirth is generally due to premature birth, should be removed on third or fourth day. Blanketing, warm stable, warm drinks may help. If necessary to remove by hand, should only be attempted by qualified person, otherwise it is advisable to allow it to remain. Inflammation of the womb is indicated by fever, loss of appetite, straining, caused by injuries in calving, or to attempts at removal of afterbirth, and is generally fatal. Give two drachms salicylate of soda every four hours, and syringe womb with warm water and two ounces creolin to the gallon. Milk fever, or parturient apoplexy, is usually treated by inflation of the udder with air. Doubtless a regular milk fever outfit, costing about three dollars, is best to use, as it precludes the possibility of infecting the sensitive interior of the udder. But in emergency, or in case the outfit is not procurable, the udder may be inflated by using a bicycle or automobile air pump, taking pains to be sure the air used is pure. If in a stable, ventilate it well. Attach a milking tube to the tubing of the pump, first dipping it in a carbolic solution, carbolic acid three teaspoons, water one pint. 
wash each teat carefully with this antiseptic before inflating it so as to prevent infection insert the milking tube carefully work slowly of course the udder must not be inflated unreasonably after inflation remove the tube and leave the udder full of air for five to eight hours then the air may be worked out gently and if necessary the inflation may be repeated cows so treated usually show marked signs of improvement within two hours actinomycosis lump jaw is a contagious disease due to a germ known as ray fungus there are well-defined swellings about the jaw head and throat or maybe on the tongue or in the lungs these soften and open after a time and discharge matter appetite good until well advanced the treatment is removed by surgical means late experiments indicate iodide of potash two to three drachms daily to be a cure advanced cases should be killed at once the meat should never be used for food milk sickness trembles is a disease of cattle communicable to man and other animals by use of meat or milk dry cattle most commonly and far more severely affected milch cows may transmit this disease through the use of their milk and yet show no trace of the disease themselves the symptoms are trembling upon least exertion as walking great prostration and delirium treatment is only prevention do not use pastures known to produce this disease unbroken land of certain districts unsafe rheumatism is shown by hot painful swellings at the joints generally the hocks stiffness in walking or may be unable to rise bathe joints with camphor and alcohol and give internally two drachms salicylate of soda every three hours until four ounces have been given keep warm and dry and give laxative food texas fever a disease of southern cattle which when transmitted to northern cattle is generally fatal in a few days the spread of the disease is generally due to ticks those from diseased animals contain the germs of the disease and by their bites transmit it the indications are a high fever staggering gait urine of reddish brown to black great prostration unconsciousness death most common in summer months unknown in the north after heavy frost prevention avoidance of cattle from southern fever districts dipping of southern cattle to destroy the ticks hog ailments and how to treat them from the biggle swine book more has been spoken and written on the subject of hog cholera than upon any other one subject connected with hogs it has ever been a fruitful source for discussion at farmers institutes and an endless theme on which to write the government has appropriated large sums of money and has employed learned men who have labored with seeming diligence for years and yet after all these years of waiting and all this expenditure of money we are forced to admit whether humiliating or not that we know but very little that is of practical benefit about the whole matter but two things are absolutely known about the disease 
one is that it sweeps unrestrained over vast areas of country leaving death and destruction in its wake and the other is that hogs which contract the disease usually die we will not attempt to deal with this subject in a scientific way but shall deal with it rather from a practical standpoint a somewhat recent means of preventing the disease is the serum or antitoxin cure it consists in introducing into the system of the animal a serum which enables the body to more successfully combat the disease the government officials seem to be highly pleased with the results so far and seem to believe that relief from the dread disease is likely to come through this means the serum produced last year wherever used in cholera infected herds saved over eighty per cent of the animals it is easily applied and its good effects on sick hogs are seen almost immediately page after page has been written as a means of telling hog cholera but much of it is difficult of comprehension to the average reader if you have never had it in your herd you are to be congratulated on your good fortune and if you ever do when you are done with it you may not have as many hogs as you did before but rest assured of one thing and that is you will know hog cholera when you see it again as a rule hogs do not look well for weeks before an attack at other times it will come like a bolt of lightning from a clear blue sky the first thing noticeable is a loss of appetite the hair will look harsh and dry sometimes a slight cough will be noticeable at other times not the disease is sometimes of slow development at other times quite rapid instead of the sprightly rapid movement so characteristic of the young and growing hog he moves slowly and indifferently he looks gaunt and tired his back is arched and he moves his hind legs with a dragging motion his temperature will most likely be high probably from 104 to 108 the normal temperature of the hog is from 100 to 102 his bowels may be costive or the discharges may be thin and watery in substance but usually black or dark in color emitting an offensive odor peculiar to the disease the disease may be of a lingering character and the animals linger for weeks or they may die in three or four days usually the lingering type is less fatal than the more rapid forms of the disease hogs which discharge freely in the first stages of the disease are more likely to recover than when the bowels remain constipated dark blue spots will often appear under the skin the bowels will be more or less inflamed inside in the small intestines and sometimes in the stomach will be found ulcers this however is not common in the first stages of the disease the bladder will most likely be full of a dark thick substance showing that the kidneys and in fact the whole internal organism are affected if we were to say what we thought was the best thing that could possibly be done when cholera appears in a herd we would unhesitatingly say take the well hogs to clean new quarters where no hogs have been for years then if more of them take sick move them again and it is our belief based on actual experience that more can be accomplished in this way 
than by the use of all the medicine in the country. For various reasons, it is not always possible to move hogs, and in that case treatment may be resorted to, sometimes with fairly good results. The treatment should consist in separating the well from the sick hogs, and in dividing the sick hogs according to age and size and severity of the attack. Not more than four or five hogs should be in the same pen, and fewer would be still better. Feed but little, and let that be food which is easily digested. Use air-slacked lime and crude carbolic acid freely as a disinfectant. Use it both on the hogs and on the ground, in the sleeping places, on the fences, and in the drinking vessels. As much depends on a thorough use of disinfectants as upon any other thing. If the bowels are constipated, give something to move them. If too loose, give something to check them. In short, use good common horse sense, so to speak, and you will usually succeed very well. There is nothing better than salts or oil to move the bowels, and nothing shows better results in checking them than a few drops of crystal carbolic acid. We know of no food better, if indeed as good, for sick hogs than ship stuff or middlings as it is sometimes called. It seems to digest easily and is soothing to the bowels. If the weather is wet and cold, keep the hogs dry and warm. In wet weather, if not too warm, keep the hogs in a floored pen, or at least in a pen where no water will lie in sinks or holes, as dirty water is one of the worst things a sick hog can possibly have. If the weather is warm, shelter the hog from heat. In other words, make him as comfortable as possible. Let it be borne constantly in mind that much depends on good nursing. It would seem natural and reasonable that an animal afflicted as he is would do best if allowed plenty of fresh water to drink, but actual experience demonstrates that a greater number recover when the supply of water is limited than when it is not. Hogs that are very sick should be kept by themselves, as others seem to disturb them, and often their recovery depends on being perfectly still at the critical period of the disease. As a rule, hogs that are too sick to eat die. All hogs that die of cholera, or of any other disease for the matter of that, should be burned and not buried, as abundant evidence can be produced to prove that the carcasses of hogs dying of cholera have been the cause of an outbreak years afterward. By all means, burn all dead hogs as the only absolutely safe way of disposing of them. The burning operation is very simple. Lay the bodies across two logs, sticks, or pieces of iron that will keep them off the ground so that the fire can get under them, and the grease from their own bodies will usually do the work, with a little wood or corn cobs added occasionally. Experience teaches that the disease more commonly appears in large herds than in small ones. The moral of this, then, is easily understood. Do not keep hogs in large droves. Not over twenty-five or thirty hogs at most should long remain together, and half the number would be infinitely better and safer in every way. Hogs of different sizes and ages should not be kept together, 
excepting of course sows and suckling pigs hogs should not be kept on the same ground from year to year if it can possibly be avoided plough up the lots and pens and cultivate them for a year or two it will greatly assist in keeping your lots free from the germ the disease is much more prevalent in the summer and fall months than in other seasons of the year then as far as is possible reduce the number of hogs on the farm at this season of the year if your neighbor's hogs have the disease stay away from his pens and be sure he stays away from yours shoot a crow a buzzard or a stray dog that comes on your place as unhesitatingly as you would kill a mad dog this trio does more to scatter the disease than all the other causes combined if your hogs are fit or any way near fit to go to market when the disease makes its appearance in the neighborhood sell them without delay a bird in hand is worth two in a bush if your hogs have cholera this year don't get discouraged and quit but try it again on fresh ground if your brood sows have passed through the cholera keep them they are valuable they will never again have the disease and their pigs are not nearly so apt to contract it as pigs from sows that have not had the disease look out for streams which come down from some neighbor above you this has been found a frequent cause of cholera outbreaks the germs of hog cholera possess great vitality and will live in the soil in moist matter and especially in water for months if you feed corn rake the cobs together often and burn them pour water on the coals and then put salt on the charcoal thus made and you have an excellent preventative for diseases with little or no cost keep your hogs excepting brood sows ready for market it may come handy some day strong vigorous hogs are less liable to contract the disease than hogs of less strength and vigor then breed and feed for both these things eternal vigilance in hog breeding as in other kinds of business is the price of success here is a formula for the treatment of hog cholera that is probably as good as any which is not saying much it is suggested by the department of agriculture sulphur one pound wood charcoal one pound sodium chloride two pounds sodium bicarbonate two pounds sodium hyposulfite two pounds sodium sulfate one pound antimony sulfide one pound thoroughly mix and give a large tablespoonful to each two hundred pound hog once a day if the animal does not eat add the medicine to a little water thoroughly shake and give from a bottle by the mouth if the animal will eat mix the medicine with sloppy food the same remedy is recommended as a preventative to those animals that do not as yet show signs of disease if you have had cholera on your place and you have small inexpensive pens burn them at once in a piggery burn all the litter and loose inexpensive parts renew the floor if possible and disinfect the remainder by washing it with hot water and washing soda after washing apply with a whitewash brush or better yet a spray pump 
a solution of one part of carbolic acid to fifty parts of water then thoroughly whitewash treat the fences in the same way earth floors should be removed to a depth of at least six inches and the ground sprinkled with chloride of lime and a few days later a good coating of air slacked lime don't put pigs in the quarters for at least six months and if possible have them vacant over the first winter an ohio breeder of large experience in the miami valley where hog cholera first appeared in eighteen fifty six and has recurred at frequent intervals holds that drugs virus and antitoxin have all been fairly tried sundry times by him and his neighbors he believes that prevention will do more to hold in check the plague than drugs and hypodermic infusions the most important help to prevent spread of disease is not to allow the hog farm to become infected with the excrement of diseased hogs this can be done by quarantining the herd in a field that is to be put under cultivation the following year this quarantine must be established as soon as the first pig is taken sick if the disease is in the neighborhood carefully watch for first symptoms of disorder do not wait until several are sick and scouring for this excrement is loaded with germs of disease and these germs may retain vitality for months when covered in the corners of pens or filth of yards or about an old straw tack but when exposed to sunlight or dryness they lose vitality in a few days and under some very drying sunlight conditions in a few hours carefully observing these facts he has in forty years been clear of hog cholera the year following an attack and on until the disease has become epidemic in his neighborhood after the herd has been placed in quarantine away from the permanent hog houses lots and feeding floors he kills and burns or buries five feet deep each animal as soon as it shows distinct symptoms of disease they are burned or buried beside the quarantine and in the field to be cultivated the following year it requires nerve to kill breeding stock of great value but they are as liable to spread and entail disease as any other when once attacked if by any means we can prevent spread of germs by so much do we hold the disease in check a farm with its feedlots and pens and shelters infected by the excrement of the diseased becomes as deadly a centre as the public stockyards and filthy stock cars on the railroads and these are so thoroughly infected that we can never safely take stock hogs from these to our farms this is not theory but well proven fact pig ailments are numerous we shall speak only of some of the most common it is always best to give medicines mixed with food or drink where possible if the animal refuses food or drink and it is necessary to administer drugs it may be done by placing a stout chain an ordinary harness breast chain does very well within the mouth and well back between the jaws which are thus kept from crushing the bottle two or three men are necessary for the undertaking one or two to hold the chain and one to pour the medicine the head should be well elevated which places the pig on his haunches do not pour the medicine fast enough to strangle the animal 
hogs do not do well when the skin is covered with filth bad air will bring on coughs all corn for food fever a wet bed rheumatism and a big bunch together will breed disease with a clean skin good air a variety of food a dry bed and a few together and lots of out of doors they will do well when at pasture they find many roots nuts and pebbles besides being continually active which does more than food for their hearty health rapid and easy digestion and speedy profitable growth thumps this disease is quite common especially in the early spring and is exceedingly hard to handle when once contracted more can be done to prevent than to cure you visit the sow and litter in the morning to give them their accustomed feed and you notice that one of the fattest and plumpest ones does not leave his bed as do the others you enter the sleeping room and compel him to come out which he does somewhat reluctantly and you will notice that his sides move with a peculiar jerking motion and if allowed he will soon return to his bed rest assured he has thumps and nine chances to one he will die it is caused by fatty accumulations about the breast which interfere with its action and the lungs work hard pump for dear life to keep up the heart's action to send the blood through the body the pig is faint because of feeble circulation and he is cold and soon dies from exhaustion or weakness he has no strength to suck or move to prevent thumps get over into the pen several times a day and hustle the little pigs about the pen also stint the sow so that she will give less milk pigs when they stir about and when they are thin in flesh rarely have thumps thumps rarely occurs among pigs farrowed after the weather is fine but does quite frequently occur among pigs farrowed in early spring if the weather is cold and stormy and the sow and litter keep their bed much then be on the lookout for thumps guard against it by compelling both sow and litter to exercise in the open air cankerous sore mouth is a disease which is quite common and which if not promptly taken in hand is often quite fatal when pigs are from a few days to two weeks old you may notice a slight swelling of the lips or a sniffling in the nose an examination will show a whitish spongy growth on the sides of the mouth just inside the lips or around the teeth this is cankerous sore mouth and if not taken promptly in hand will result in the death of the entire litter and will sometimes spread to other litters some claim the disease is caused by damp and filthy beds others say it comes from a diseased condition of the sow and still others claim it is caused by the little pigs fighting over the teats and wounding each other with their sharp teeth and stoutly aver that if the teeth are promptly removed no case of sore mouth will ever occur hold the pig firmly and with a knife or some cutting instrument remove all the spongy foreign growth and be sure you get it all even though the pig may squeal and the wound bleed your success in treating the disease will depend largely on the thoroughness with which you remove this foreign growth after removing the fungus growth 
apply an ointment made of glycerin and carbolic acid in about the proportion of one part of the acid to from five to eight parts glycerin repeat this each day for three or four days and the disease will usually yield you may discover in a day or two after commencing treatment that you did not succeed in removing all the cankerous growth at first and if so repeat the cutting operation till you do remove it all another treatment which we have heard recommended is to catch the diseased pig and dip his nose and mouth up to his eyes in chlora naphtholium without diluting it this is certainly easily done and is highly commended by the person suggesting it blind staggers indigestion sick stomach founder causes overfeeding especially common with new corn sour or decayed food sudden warm sultry weather predisposes in highly fed hogs insufficient exercise is also a predisposing cause symptoms loss of appetite bowels constipated or maybe diarrhea in some severe cases blind staggers and great paleness of mouth and nose coldness of surface of body abdomen may be distended and drum-like from contained gases treatment remove sick animals provide clean dry well-ventilated quarters with chance for exercise and fresh earth and water if animal will eat give light feed give charcoal in lump form also mix soda bicarbonate in food at rate of two tablespoonfuls per day to each half-grown animal it is rarely necessary to drench with medicine if recovery begins use care not to again feed too much milk fever occurs in sows immediately after farrowing or within the first few days afterwards the symptoms are loss of milk swollen hard condition of the milk glands which are more or less painful on pressure sow may not allow the pigs to suck she may lie flat on her belly or stand up and in extreme cases the sow has spells of delirium in which she may destroy her young cause injudicious feeding overfeeding on milk producing foods do not feed sow quite full rations for few days just before and after farrowing treatment give sow plenty of cool clean water bathe the swollen glands for half an hour at a time with water as warm as she will bear dry thoroughly with soft cloth and give good dry pen if bowels seem constipated give the sow internally one half pint pure linseed oil never use the boiled linseed oil used by painters it is poisonous if the sow starts killing her young or has no milk for them it is best to take most of them or all away from her and feed by hand with spoon or ordinary rubber nipple and bottle for this use one part boiled water and three parts cow's milk the pigs may be returned to the sow if her milk returns scours among pigs is another common and very troublesome though not dangerous disease this disease is not confined to any particular season but is more common in the wet damp weather of april and early may than in other seasons of the year as in thumps remove the cause 
this disease is almost invariably caused by some improper food eaten by the sow a sour swill barrel is often the cause it should be borne in mind that pigs once affected will be more liable to a recurrence of the disease than those never affected and greater care should be used with them for some weeks till they fully recover constipation cause improper feeding exclusive grain diet lack of exercise not dangerous in itself but frequently followed by prolapsus of the rectum or what is commonly called piles the constant straining causes this the only remedy is laxative food and exercise the protruding bowel must be washed clean as soon as seen and well covered with olive oil or lard it should then be returned by applying firm pressure with the hand and when once in place should be retained by three or more stitches of waxed linen or heavy silk thread passed from side to side through the margins of the opening care being used to take a deep hold in the skin while this operation is being done the animal should be held by the hind legs by two assistants thus elevating the hind quarters allow stitches to remain two or three weeks rheumatism a disease of the joints manifested by pain heat and lameness with swelling of one or several joints there may be high fever and loss of appetite may be acute and rapid in its course or slow chronic and resulting in permanent enlargements of the bones of the legs especially the knee and hock causes primarily deranged digestion lack of exercise dampness and exposure to draughts of cold air also a cause the tendency to rheumatism is hereditary in certain families of hogs treatment endeavor to prevent by proper exercise food and attention to surroundings do not breed rheumatic specimens even if fully recovered from lameness in acute cases an adult hog should have twice or three times daily one drachm salicylate soda asthma sometimes occurs in adult hogs symptoms shortness of breath on least exercise noisy breathing more or less intermittent do not breed butcher early congestion of the lungs sometimes occurs the result of driving or chasing may be rapidly fatal symptoms sudden shortness of breath and sudden great weakness the hog is not adapted to rapid driving if it must be driven at all give plenty of time pneumonia lung fever may follow congestion of the lungs may be induced by crowding too many hogs together when they heat and become moist after which they are in poor condition to withstand cold symptoms loss of appetite chills short cough quick breathing treatment separate sick at once from the drove give dry quarters with abundance of dry bedding tempt appetite with small quantities of varied food apply to sides of chest enough to moisten the skin twice daily alcohol and turpentine equal parts continue until skin becomes somewhat tender tetanus lockjaw 
caused by introduction into the system of the tetanus bacteria which gains entrance through a wound symptoms a stiffness of more or less the entire muscular system generally most marked in the jaws which are greatly stiffened eating very slow or entirely stopped appetite not lost treatment some cases recover if carefully nursed give nourishing drinks elevate trough or bucket so the patient can get its snout into the drink give dissolved in hot water and mixed with the slop forty grains bromide of potash two or three times daily until improvement is noticed do not attempt to drench any wound which seems to be a cause should be cleansed and wet often with five per cent solution of carbolic acid and water lice very commonly found upon hogs they are introduced by new purchases or by visiting animals caution examine the newly purchased hog well on this point before placing with the drove hog lice are quite large and easily detected on clean white animals but not readily on dark or dirty skins remedy wash well with soap and water if weather is not too cold then apply enough petroleum and lard equal parts to give the skin a complete greasing if weather is too cold for washing clean with stiff brush creolin one part to water five parts is also a safe and sure remedy two or more applications are necessary at intervals of four or five days to complete the job the woodwork of pens and rubbing places must be completely whitewashed mange caused by a microscopic parasite which lives in the skin at the roots of the bristles symptoms intense itching with redness of the skin from the irritation of rubbing rather rare but very contagious treatment separate diseased animals scrub them thoroughly with warm water and strong soap apply ointment composed of lard one pound carbonate of potash one ounce floor sulphur two ounces wash and reapply every four days maggots the larvae of the ordinary blowfly frequently infests wounds on hogs during the summer months watch all wounds during hot weather keep them wet frequently with creolin one part and water six parts or five per cent watery solution carbolic acid if the maggots gain entrance to the wound apply either above remedies freely or ordinary turpentine with a brush or common oil can roundworms very common in shoats and young hogs not apparently harmful unless in great numbers when they can cause loss of flesh they may be exterminated by keeping the hog without food for twenty-four hours and giving to each shoat or old pig one tablespoonful of turpentine thoroughly beaten up with one egg and one-half pint of milk tuberculosis consumption a contagious disease common in man cattle and not rare in the hog symptoms loss of flesh cough diarrhea swelling about the head and neck which may open and discharge with little tendency to heal death in from few weeks to months post-mortem shows various sized tubercles 
which may be situated in any part of the body, most commonly in the bowels, lungs, liver, or glands of the neck. Causes. Direct contagion from other hogs, but generally from feeding milk from tuberculous cows, or by eating butcher offal from such cows. Prevention. Care as to the source of the milk fed. If suspicious, boiling will render it safe. Do not feed butcher offal. Separate suspicious hogs at once, and if satisfied they are tuberculous, kill and bury deep, or burn them. The tuberculin test can be applied to the remainder of drove, as without it it is impossible to say how many may be diseased. Wounds generally heal readily in the hog if kept clean and free from maggots. The result of neglected castration wounds is sometimes serious. Have the animal clean as possible when castrated, and endeavor to keep it clean and give opportunity for abundant exercise until wound is healed. There is probably nothing better and safer to apply to wounds of the hog than creel in one part, water six parts. Travel Sickness Similar to ordinary seasickness in man, very common in shipping pigs by wagon. Symptoms Vomiting, diarrhea, great depression, seldom if ever fatal, may be rendered much less severe by very light feeding before shipment. To find the amount of wallpaper required to paper a room. Measure the distance around the room, deduct the width of each window and door, take two-thirds of result. Divide this result by the number of strips that can be cut from each roll, and you have the number of rolls required. A roll is generally a foot and a half wide, 24 feet long, and contains 36 square feet, or 4 square yards. End of articles from the Farm Journal Illustrated Directory of Hillsdale County, Michigan.